The United States stock markets have taken a huge hit over the past couple weeks, and now the crypto markets are following suit with precipitous drops that indicate some people are panicking. And some think that once the dust settles, the coronavirus will end up sending Bitcoin to $100,000 or more. Conferences are being canceled and postponed, and that means we're not going to be going to San Francisco for Bitcoin 2020, and neither will you. It's a crazy world out there, gang, and nobody knows what's going to happen, but we're here to bring you the latest crypto news and hopefully put a smile on your face. Life is all good at the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. So welcome to our Bad News, episode number 381 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Mr. Travis Wright, I just want to say that regardless of good times, bad times, the crypto market's up or down or whatever else is going on in the world, I really enjoy doing this show with you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Joe Com. I enjoy doing this doing this with you as well until we all die eventually. <laughs> we all because we are all gonna eventually die. That's how it works. Eventually. Nobody I nobody gets off of this world alive. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen by coronavirus though. Yeah, probably not. Uh, we do have a lot of news. It's been a really rough day. Just timestamp this for you guys right now. It is March the 12th at 1.07 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Before we get into the news, I want to give a quick shout out to Crypto.com. This is the platform for buying, selling, storing, tracking, and paying crypto securely in one place. Their vision is to put cryptocurrency in every wallet. Mr. Travis Wright, you and I both got our icy white crypto.com mco cards and i've connected mine to my amazon prime my netflix and my spotify which i will be getting a rebate to my crypto.com account in mco tokens for all those purchases yeah it's really cool like i actually sent over some bitcoin to it and paid my rent in it and it seems like a certain percentage of that gets kicked back so whatever you use and buy like i ended up getting like 20 20 25 bucks back from paying my rent that was crazy like i was like why did i get why did i have these seven mc i was like oh that was the day i I paid my rent it's really interesting like you know i know a lot of people use coinbase and if they want to pull money out of the market they just you know send it over to coinbase and then kick it out but it's so handy with this with this crypto.com app you send crypto over to it then you convert it to usd and top off your crypto card so you can just spend it whenever and i actually sent some over last night and then converted it over to USD because I had a feeling after watching uh, Trump's uh, addressing the union that things were going to start tanking. And then right after that, man, the markets just started going. You're such a futurist, such a futurist. There's a lot of different tiers and you guys can check it out to see them. You might, if you're a serious trader, want to upgrade to a higher tier like the Jade Green or the Indigo tier. You have to stake 500 MCO, but you get 3% cash back on all purchases, free Spotify and Netflix. And that 500 MCO that's staked is automatically enrolled to earn interest up to 8%. Go to badco.in forward slash crypto. Check it out. And this market update time stamping for Friday on the 13th of March. It's Friday the 13th, Travis. Oh, no. I thought that was yesterday. It seems like yesterday should have been Friday the 13th. Right. It's 1140 in the morning. And, of course, crypto took a huge hit. There was a massive dive going down as low as 38 
hundred. Wow, talk about capitulation. Bitcoin and well, the crypto market cap currently at one hundred forty-eight billion, but now it's back to fifty-two eighty. Could be a dead cap bounce. Who knows? Ethereum uh, at one twenty-six. Not going to go through all top ten because it's so 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 sad. It's so sad. Uh, the biggest loser in the top 10 for the last seven days appears to be Bitcoin SV down 53.6%. Ow! Not only that, I would say knowing that Chainlink was almost $5 a coin, now it's $2.24. I mean, that is, you know, that's 52% that, that it's gone down in the last seven days. That It's to me, if, if I'm looking at this, now, now that we've seen it all sort of crash, we know how it goes. And these, these prices almost seem like, you know, summer 2017 prices at this point. You know, we're looking at how low some of these these tokens are. Stellar's at under four cents a, a token. You have Tron under a penny. Like these are these are massively on sale. Now, the price, the thing is, is when does when does the market rebound and, and head back up? It's it's unknown. Binance down fifty one percent. I mean, Binance is about as stable as you get when it comes to people are going and trading and doing what they do on Binance. It lost fifty one percent in the last week. Bitcoin SV. How how is Binance down fifty one percent and Bitcoin SV is down fifty three percent? Almost about the same amount being down. It just just <laughs> unbelievable. I never seen anything like this, Mister Joe Com. It was no. like the sky was falling. And we've got an update here from Cointelegraph. Tone Vase shared his thoughts on what has happened here. And he said that this Bitcoin bottom of 3700 was actually the final capitulation of what he's calling a two-year bear market. In other words, he he is stating that we never really got out of the crypto winter that this is actually the end of the crypto winter, that the signs of the thaw were actually not that. Mm. Yeah, and he goes, as crazy as it is for me to say, I do not think there's been enough pain. I don't think there's been enough frustration. And uh, yeah, I think it's been pretty painful. I think I've been pretty frustrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when the price is at $10,000 and all of a sudden it's at $3,800 again like that, People were freaking out yesterday. Like it's, un- I mean, it was just unbelievable. Now it's like, I think people are starting to get their bearings and go, okay, well, that was crazy. Um, what's next? But uh, I mean, for some people who are looking at this like, oh my God, look at everything on sale. Some people are like, oh my God, I lost everything and they're selling. Don't, I, we're not financial advisors. Do what you got to do to live your life. But uh, this is right. not the it, end of the world. It could all go down. He, you know, Vase said the only reason that he would panic is if, Bitcoin hit a thousand dollars. I mean, I just looked up yesterday, Travis, and um, the mining price from 2018 in the U.S. And of course, there's been no having, there's been no block size, you know, change or difficulty level between now and then was forty seven hundred dollars to mine a Bitcoin in the United States. Uh, you know, with your power costs and all that. So, who knows? It's going to go up tremendously when that having happens. Because, you know, basically, uh, it, the way it seems to me that if it was costing $4,700 to mine a Bitcoin the way that it is now, then it halves. The difficulty increases substantially, and then the reward gets decreased in half. And so what is it going to do? Is it going to be $9,600 or $9,400 to mine uh, a, a Bitcoin at that point? So 
that could be. And I think what might happen at that point is that a lot of the the big mining operations are going to stop and that's going to open it up for the little guy to mine Bitcoin again. Well, it would lower the difficulty is that hash rate kind of goes down. That that algorithm is always sort of being reshuffled based on the amount of hash rate, I think, that's in there. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. And once again, on Cointelegraph, this article popped up today. It turns out back in January, our friend Peter McCormick of What Bitcoin Did interviewed Andreas Antonopoulos, perhaps the greatest thinker, the greatest mind in the Bitcoin uh, ecosystem. And if you listen to this interview, he predicted this crash two months ago. He says, Travis, the reason it will crash hard, he used that word, the reason it will crash hard is because a lot of the venture capital, corporate investments, and private investment from individuals that's based on cheap money and disposable income and excess cash and portfolios, et cetera, like any other part of the economy, will dry up. Boom. Yeah. And he said this two months ago, saying that this could be the economy's titanic moment. Uh, and from that perspective, I think that the first order effect that happens if we have a recession is crypto crashes because of all the liquidity will dry up, which is a class of effect and symptom of a recession. And uh, But then he concluded all of those things are really a symptom of the fact that we have a small lifeboat and a very, very large number of people who need saving. And um, good job on him to be able to sort of predict that because it did crash hard. Was that the hardest crash that it, I mean, the, in one day think, or one I hour that's so. ever? I, it, well, it felt like it to me. I oh. mean, we've seen Bitcoin go from 20 to 3,200 before. Um, you but know, that was over months. That was, that was not over months. This was like, whoa, this is like, you know, those roller coasters are making now that have that straight down vertical drop. Mm hmm. This you was know, just like, this, <laughs> this was like straight down. Yeah, this this is how I imagine a Brazilian wax wax would go. Like, <laughs> ah! That reminds me of uh, the film <laughs> The Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, right where he has his chest wax. Yeah, and, and that was real. Yeah, like that his reaction. Hell, that's I mean that felt it. Like this was getting this was hair getting ripped right straight off your balls, folks. That <laughs> is what it was like yesterday for me. You know, I try to have a, a sober, you know, view of everything that's going on. People are panicking. Mm -hmm. I personally don't feel like it's justified. I don't think that you do either. No, I don't think that the, I, I am not scared of the virus. I've never been scared of the virus. I mean, think about what happened with the N1H1 or the H1N1 or whatever happened in 2012 or whenever that was. There was millions of cases of that bird flu and over a thousand people were dead before that administration had did anything. To, yeah. to stop it or whatever. And here we are, we had one and then stopping the travel and all of this stuff. And still, you know, I've never seen the likes of this panic. It seems to me like when we had that, that H1N1, then that was one, we were all going to die then, but that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, so I think is that, yeah, it's going to, it's very, there's a, there's a certain section of people demographic. Like if you're over the age of 65, yeah, don't go out and around a whole bunch of people. Don't do that in the regular flu season either. Because chances are you can pick up some stuff because people are a lot of people are disgusting. They don't clean their hands and whatnot. Yeah, don't lick bathroom walls. Don't lick bathroom walls. Don't lick floors. Don't go into train stations and touch lot touch lots of things. Like I mean, that's one of the things. It's like you know, you Joel, you you live in Denver. I live in Kansas. City. There's not a lot of mass transit things. So I think it's got to be really terrifying for people who have to get on like the subway all the time or have to do some of that mass transit type of stuff. 
Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. I think of this. Keep yourself clean. Wash your hands. Wash your phone. When was the last time you wiped off your phone uh, with, with like some antimicrobial type of stuff? Because there's germs all over this thing. There's probably germs all over your steering wheel from touching everything and then driving. So just clean that stuff up. Don't touch, put fingers in your hands. But I was concerned about the economy crash. And that was the thing to me really early on. I was like, man, if they're driving this much fear and hype, the economy could really start tanking. And um, I wish I was liquid enough to be able to start shorting things whenever I had that premonition. Liquid Travis. Mm. Lots of people talking about coronavirus. You can't go anywhere online in any social sites. But, you know, as long as you're going to be social, you may as well get paid to be social. So me. Dot social is a blockchain-based social media platform that is designed for privacy and user control and content monetization. There's that getting paid part of the whole deal. You make a post, and if your content is good, people upvote it. And guess what? You earn SoMe tokens. Travis is on there. I'm in there. Come join us. SoMe.social. S-O-M-E-E dot social. So here's some interesting news, Mr. Joe Com. U.S. Congressman. Um, they introduced Cur- Cryptocurrency Act of 2020. So um, the representative, Paul Gozer, uh, who's a um, Republican in Arizona, introduced the Cryptocurrency Act of 2020 in a bill that looks to choreograph a wide range of digital assets to to help with regulation. They want to make sure that they're going to the right regulator because right now it's kind of confusing. And It says here that the bill looks to provide not only clarity, but legitimacy to crypto assets in the United States. And GoStar's proposal uh, divides digital assets into three categories, crypto commodities, cryptocurrencies, and crypto securities. Mr. Joel Kahn, finally some sense, it seems to me like, because that's really what we've been talking about. It was like, ah, the IRS looks at it as property, the SEC looks at security, the you know, the CFTC looks at it as a commodity and as a currency. And like this right here would actually maybe put things in the right place. That would be great to see. I'm just wondering if Paul Gozer, the uh, Republican representative out of Arizona, is related to Gozer the Gazarian. Gozer the Destructor. Is that on Go- Ghostbusters too? Gozer the Traveler. Yeah. Nice. When Ray, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we definitely need. You know, who knows what kind of support there is yet for uh, for this, but uh, it's going to happen at some point. You know, it's going to move forward, and the majority is going to vote for this type of regulation that is then signed into law. And that's just, it's not going to happen while the markets are tanking, though. That's, yeah, that's sure. true. Well, here's another here's another thing to add to this is that the bill that they had created that was leaked, they were experimenting with a couple of things. That was their second draft. They're now 32 versions away from that. So they've mm. been working on this thing. So what we saw then, you know, but they're working on a little something, something, folks. So that to me is actually the most positive news that I've heard in in this past week is that they're actually I, I really like the crypto commodities crypto securities crypto assets cryptocurrencies i like that i think that's interesting to me that, that makes a whole lot of sense well that does sound like some good news we've got some more bad news youtube is up to their shenanigans again you'll remember uh 
couple months ago, Chris Dunn, Crypto Beatles, Altcoin Daily, and a number of other crypto YouTubers suffered bans and strikes. And then YouTube eventually, when there was enough of an outroar, came back and said, oops, uh, you should see your stuff back. But now Ivan on Tech is a crypto programmer, and YouTube deleted one of his uh, videos on his channel. And they're, you know, why are they doing this? Why are they banning? Why is this crypto purge taking place? Well, when they don't like what you have to say, they try to take away your tongue, don't they? I mean, it's not it's not that they're scared of crypto. Are they scared of people talking about crypto? I mean, what what is what is the deal? Because we were one of, we were in the very first wave of the of this the YouTube crypto ban back in, you know, late 2017, early 2018 when they deleted our page. And it took them over, what, 14 months or something before we finally got it back, 15 months, something ridiculous. And then we finally, and we did nothing wrong. We didn't even have a strike. And so that's why some of these other pop, these other sites are popping up like DTube. And what are some of those other decentralized video platforms? Yep. Uh, DLive and uh, Library, uh, LBRY.com. You guys should check that out, especially if you have a YouTube channel, because with Library, it's decentralized and there's actually a tool to connect to your Google account and import all of your YouTube videos to your library channel. So if for some reason YouTube does end up taking down any or all of your videos, they all live on. You won't have actually lost them. You'll just have lost your access to have them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, YouTube's reportingly they're 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 returning to blocking crypto videos and uh they're a big fan of banning what they don't like. So I don't know. Thanks a lot YouTube. You're really awesome. Yeah, thanks. Love you guys so much. Uh not really fake love. Anyhow, you know, the question has been, is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency a safe haven during times of financial and, you know, societal tumult? Mm -hmm. And right now, it doesn't look like, you know, that's the case. Even gold, again, is down a nice clip, you know, today. So it appears when people are panicking, that nowhere is safe. Maybe, you know, buy toilet paper and hand sanitizer and face masks, invest in those. Uh, but the, the <laughs> world health people are, and they're selling them to people in China for like a ridiculous price. They are. So eBay actually cut off. They will not let you sell hand sanitizer and face masks anymore. I saw some completed auctions before they put that ban in place, a 12 ounce bottle of, I don't know if it was Purell or what it was, but sold for over a hundred dollars. How crazy is that? Mm, That's crazy. You know, whenever this thing started started popping up and I was like, you know what? I think there's going to be a run on toilet paper. And so I bought a couple of boxes of toilet paper. And uh, like, so literally I just, and it was, and it was literally like a week and a half before the big rush. It's like my, all my toilet paper arrived and then I, I stored it. And then like two days later, people were fighting over toilet paper in the stores. So you're a, a, a paper products advisor. I'm a paper. No, I just figured. I, no, actually, I, I normally buy in bulk. The last time, I think it's only the second time that I bought toilet paper was since August because I'll normally I'll buy a box and then I was I realized it was time to buy a new one. I just decided to buy two. So now I'm walking around. I just walk around, and just hug my Charmin everywhere I go. It's good to have bulk in your diet. It's good. That's nice. Well, the World Health Organization, you know, classified the coronavirus as a pandemic. And by the way, 
something being a pandemic in and itself doesn't mean that millions of people are going to die. It just means it's an international, you know, event that's taking place, mm -hmm. right? The flu is a pandemic every year. So just to understand that pandemic doesn't mean the zombie apocalypse is near. But the question is, is crypto safe? And some say that because crypto um, transfer doesn't require anybody to touch anything other than their own keyboards or phone, that that's one way to avoid the spread of germs, right? We yeah. covered this last week. We did talk thing. about that, like how dirty money is. Like, like if you look at, if you look at money under a microscope, like it is gross. Like there's all kinds of germs on there. How many people's, how many people have touched it? How many strippers have had it, right? <laughs> how many, how much cocaine has been done through it? Like, I just I mean, licked this $5 bill. You did not. I, I didn't actually lick it. But it looked like I did. It looked like I licked. But when are, when are we going to have crypto conferences again? It seems to me that, you know, that's what's been interesting is that there's been a lot of conferences that, that have been canceled. Uh, here's one, the Ethereum conference, ETH London, which I guess is maybe a sister uh, one to ETH Denver. I'm not sure. But yeah. They had they tweeted out that said that the um, the decentralized login service provider Taurus Labs, the co-founder of that, Jin Yu Yong, uh, tweeted that he had been diagnosed with coronavirus. And so anybody who had interacted with him at the hackathon from the 28th of February to March 1st at the Ethereum or the Ethereum Community Conference held from March 3rd to March 5th in Paris, they need to take extra precautions and maybe get tested because, uh, you know, there's some conferences where there's. There's a lot of people at these things. And, you know, a lot of these conferences, like you mentioned early on at the top of the show, Bitcoin 2020 in San Francisco, not going on this year, or at least being postponed or being, you know, suspended until a little while. The Hong Kong Blockchain Week, they, they've recently announced that they're going to reschedule to September 28th to September 30th. That was going to be an event that we might have gone to as well. There was another one that was going to go on in South Korea that we were maybe going to go to. So those maybe have been postponed until later as well. So interesting times out there. Well, and, you know, we were recently at uh, ETH Denver and there was a person that they sent out an email to everybody. There was somebody there that had the, uh, the virus and has been tested and is doing fine, but they don't know if he had it then right at the time, but they sent out an email to everybody just in case. And it's not just crypto conferences, right? There's events that are like, like right now, Travis, I was supposed to be in Dubai for AI everything. Mm -hmm. uh, Samson Williams was supposed to be there as well. And yeah. it's gotten postponed and South by Southwest, you know, is canceled. I think they did that too. They did, um, they, they did the uh, mobile world Congress in Barcelona. That thing got mostly canceled. Now they still had some events, ancillary events around there, but I mean, you just went through went to the San Diego event where the the social media marketing world. There's a whole lot of people there. How many hands did you kiss and shake and and hug? I and, I, I stayed away. I did. Uh, I did, and I wouldn't kiss the hands anyway. Oh, you lick them. I saw you. You've licked people's hands. It's really gross. <laughs> did you just touch a dirty surface? Let me lick your fingers. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and those aren't the only events. Coronavirus is leaving seats empty at London Blockchain Week. 
as well. Nassim Nicholas Talib is saying this could be a black swan event, a large, unexpected event that wreaks havoc across finance, science, and technology. The guy coined the term back in 2007. And so many are saying that, hey, maybe, you know, all these events being canceled and crypto and markets and even gold dropping and, you know, there's no toilet paper to be found and, you know, soap and water is still easier than hand sanitizer gang. But whatever this uh, we live in really interesting times. Mm. It, it is. It is really interesting. But, you know, here's the thing is, is that we we've had a premonition that this was coming. I mean, we talked about the everything bubble. We didn't necessarily know a pandemic was going to be the catalyst to kind of drive, you know, the markets to go a little crazy. But you know, we've had a lot of people come on. We've, had, I mean, G. Edward Griffin. If you listen to that podcast interview and he talked about that, it's like, you know, eventually we're going to see this bubble sort of burst, and then we have people like, you know, our, our friend over there at RT today, Max Kaiser. You know, saying that this is just a continuation part two of twenty uh, of two thousand eight, but Bitcoin was supposed to be a safe harbor for this kind of stuff. Like, and then it's just it's almost like that emotion gets in, and everybody's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna need money," and so they all go in and they start selling, even though we wanted to go the other way. It's too soon. We're not at adoption, you know, mainstream adoption levels yet, and so I think more people are treating crypto like an investment rather than as a financial instrument that we're using for day-to-day transactions. And that's why if people are treating it as an investment, then when that investment is threatened, a lot of people are going to pull out. A little uh, rabbit trail here with all of the places, the events that are closing and events that aren't happening. You know, Walt Disney World and Disneyland and Paris all shut down. That's interesting to me. Notice the one that is not. Shut down. Disney Shanghai is not yeah. shut down. Yeah. Uh, so it seems to me that they're they're getting it corralled over there. I have some friends that are in China and uh, that are that are Chinese, and they were talking about how you know the media is very cooled down, and they're like, all right, the problem is over. Uh, everything's sort of cooling down now. The virus is under containment. It's no worries. You know, compare that to here in America. Ah! Everything's gonna. Everyone's gonna die. That's like when I, you watch the media now here. It's like, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, this just in Legoland in California is closed. Knott's Berry Farm closed. Magic Mountain closed. Universal um, closing through the end of the month. Everything is shutting down. Yeah. No NBA, no baseball. They're, they're, they've canceled March Madness, which is really frustrating because my the place I went to school at the University of Kansas, they're number one in the nation on both polls. And historically, what should happen is we should be rewarded, uh, awarded the the championship. But no, I, I was thinking this would be cool. They just they're just canceling it. Originally, they were going to not have they were going to play the games with no fans. But I'm thinking like, why not rent out a really cool old gymnasium, right? Like Hoosiers type of thing. And and they're gonna they said they were going to have the the necessary staff and the family players there, the the, the players' family have them there. Have the craziest March Madness ever. People would tune in. They would still get their advertising dollars, but just have the top four teams go and play the tournament. That would be cool. Instead of just canceling it, like, what's the point of that? That's just the most boring, crappy thing. Like, literally, why are they, why, why is Caesar taking away our bread and circuses? <laughs> I want my bread in my circus. I want my it. bread in my circus. Uh, a correction here. Legoland in San Diego did not close. They're staying open and SeaWorld is staying open. Uh, you know, Shamu will be there.
I've had just about enough of this coronavirus, and I say we move on to some other topics. What do you is there, think? Is there, are, is there any other topics to discuss? Uh, yeah, yep, there are. In fact, you know, we covered recently the controversy around uh, the STEAM community, uh, STEAM being sucked up into Tron and uh, uh, Binance, um, you know, basically, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, working alongside Justin Sun to, shall we say, co-opt Steam, and uh, they're apologizing. They're saying they're sorry to the uh, Steam community and that they are basically pulling out. They have unvoted. Yeah, they've unvoted. They powered down 31 million Steam tokens that they staked for Justin uh, Justin's allegedly hostile takeover of the steam blockchain yeah so it's really interesting like so what's going to happen now there's a really great article on coin telegraph about that in our show notes that goes over the steam versus tron controversy it talks a little bit about it and goes all into that goes all into what happened we talked about that a little bit last week where basically tron uh it purchased steam it and then was tried to get the steam blockchain and then basically all these exchanges agreed because they had all these steam tokens in their exchange that people had had there, that people left on, on their exchange, and they just used them to vote. And uh, that created a whole little storm that uh, Steam members were not pleased about. So, yeah. We're so sorry. We unvote. Yeah, so they decided to unvote. That's interesting. Yeah. They have, they have, they have depowered, unpowered, re- repowered, reclaimed over 31 or whatever number millions of tokens. Here's some good news, Travis. On the other side of the world, in South Korea, cryptocurrency is now fully legal. They, they passed an amendment to the Act on Reporting and Use of Specific Financial Information and basically saying that crypto trading and holding in uh, South Korea is now fully and completely legal. Mm. And, you know, they've been a big proponent. And, you know, a lot of great technology, you know, comes out of, of South Korea first a lot of times. I mean, you know, whenever we did that that, that, uh, that T9 texting or whatever, like that that was huge there. And then QR codes popped up out of South Korea. They're always a little bit ahead of, of, of the West, it seems. And here they are making crypto fully legal. That's something I think that is, that is, is going to be very, very helpful. So uh, as I read on this article a little bit more, I don't want to be fake news. Uh, their their version of Congress passed it. It's their National Assembly, but the president, Jayan Moon, has to sign it into law. So it's not official yet, but uh, it looks like it's heading that way. Wait, wait. So when Lambo, when Moon? We're gonna, as soon as he signs it, I guess, huh? That's, that's when we moon. And, and right next door, China, their central bank, has put $4.7 million into a blockchain trade platform. The People's Bank of China has secured that funding from the central government to develop their blockchain trade finance platform. Mm -hmm. And another thing, I mean, so this is interesting. So we're seeing things that are happening around the country. I know last week we talked about India finally making crypto legal and crypto exchanges and crypto trading and, and whatnot fully legal. Think about this. There are only 5 million crypto traders in India currently. And there's well over a billion people in India. So I would say that, wow, I bet it's not going to be too long over these course of this next year. We're going to see India go from maybe 5 million to 50 million crypto users in India. 
And I, I read some I read some interesting information about that. There's a little consortium of, of there's an exchange in India and some other ones that are all sort of working together to bring and call it your first crypto or crypto is easy or something along those lines. They're they're doing it. They have a big campaign and uh, teaching people all about the crypto in India. That's one market that's really been out of this for a long time over these last two years. And seeing things like what China's doing here, securing $4.7 million in funding from the central government for its blockchain trade finance platform. India's doing stuff. I mean, when it talks about crypto and blockchain as an industry, we're really moving forward. Well, let's head west a little bit for some news that we've really come to get used to, but I'm still unhappy seeing it. An uh, article from Benjamin Pires on Cointelegraph reports that in France, the BNP Paribas Bank is blocking customers from using Coinbase. And uh, when asked why it's considered an illegal operation <laughs> because of bank fraud, there is, there is malware, there is scams, there are anonymous coins like Monero. This is our rationale for shutting down the transfers to the Coinbase. So I would say this, if you are in France and you are a Coinbase user, I would say go over to crypto.com get that card, and then you can send your crypto over to that card, convert it into cash, and then use your card right there. Badco.in forward slash crypto, uh, crypto 50, either one of those will work. Go and check those out. And that's, it's, I mean, here's the thing about France though, man. Like we have, we have propped up France of talking about how France has been creating the rules that other countries are using. They're very, you know, progressive when it comes to crypto they have an amazing paris blockchain week and we were there last year and it's just you know france has been leading the way with crypto but here you go the the, the it's the french international banking group bnp they say ah we don't like crypto so it's not the government it's that not the regulators like, that sounded like china we don't like crypto well, that wasn't French. It would be, we do not like your cryptos. Okay, very good. Take, take your Bitcoin and put it where the monkey puts the nuts. <laughs> oh, and look, they're not the only ones. JP Morgan Chase, I had issues with them. Mm. I mean, I was I was withdrawing from Coinbase into my Chase account, not the other way around. And they're like, okay. no, you can't withdraw into your own personal Chase account, your fiat from selling your crypto. Bank of America, Citigroup has banned people from purchasing crypto with credit cards. And uh, the old guard is not going to go down without a fight. Not going to go down. We're going to go down swinging. Buddy, like, like Sonny Liston. Like, what's that? What's that? that Tom, Tom Petty song? Going down. Swinging. I don't know. What, what Tom Petty song? It's called Swinging. All right, and added swinging to the Bad Crypto Spotify playlist. All the songs that are referenced on the show will show up there. Now, Travis. Mr. Joe Com, Mr. Joe Com. Yeah. Yes. I was going to give a shout out to all of our listeners of Bad Cryptopia. I cannot find the name of that damn YouTube alternative that starts with a B. I know it's not BitTube, and I've looked through all these other ones, and there, it's literally Google is not popular. I can't find it. I can't find it on DuckDuckGo. So if you guys can find it, Send me, send us a tweet at Bad Crypto and uh, let us know what it is. And then uh, maybe we'll do something nice for you. Right on. Travis, are you still running your coin mine one? I am. Yeah, me too. And when I got it, I was told that out of the different coins to mine on there, that Ethereum was going to be the most profitable 
for me to mine? Well, there's this article today on Bitcoinist.com, which asks the question, which crypto is the most profitable to mine in 2020? And the most profitable coin for home miners is indeed Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what they say? That's the one that's most profitable? Well, I don't know, considering that it just dropped... 33% or whatever. I mean, it was sitting at over almost $300 and now it's at what, $130 or something? Right, but everything's down. But this is what's really funny, Travis. The uh, So the others here that are profitable are Ethereum Classic, Grin, Haven Protocol, and then look, oh, BitTube, a decentralized YouTube alternative utilizing blockchain. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's BitTube. Yeah, what do you mean? It's not BitTube. It's the it's the one. It's I mean, literally right there. No, that's, that, that is one of them, but it's not the one that I'm that I'm referencing. It's not. Are you sure? I'm, I'm positive because it's like you would remember Tube. That's not one you're going to forget. D Live and BitTube. There's. Yeah, but you said it was a YouTube alternative that begins with a B. How yeah. could, how is it not BitTube? Well, that is one, but it's not Tube. It doesn't have Tube in it. You're sure? Positive. Okay, if you guys find another one that begins with B and doesn't end with Tube that we should know about uh let us know but you know mining um is uh is challenging you know we both run those divi master nodes which is cloud mining yep it is it is interesting now i i i think this handshake one so i've been i've been mining handshake for a while and then i went and looked at it and then it, it looked like it wasn't mining for a while because my numbers had stayed at the same place for I don't know. It was really weird what, what was going on. And so I said, all right, well, I'm going to switch it back over to Ethereum and see. And so that's mining again. But what was really sad was the <laughs> watching the amount of Satoshis that, that we had had originally. It's like it's shrunken significantly, the amount of Satoshis. Yeah, I haven't looked at my coin mine in a little bit, but oh, yeah, huge difference. I just refreshed. Mine. <laughs> that's OK. I'm hodling my Satoshis. There you go. Got I'm going to hodl and then I'm going to foddle them. What else oh, we got here? We got some uh, human interest and interesting stories here, Mr. Travis Wright. We like to talk a lot about blockchain games and the future of it. I spotted this story in Cointelegraph. Eric Shiremai, my apologies if I'm not pronouncing your name right. He's the creator of Farmville, that hugely viral game that was on Facebook. He is creating something called the Gala network it's a blockchain based gaming platform and uh, there's currently 15 developers working on this thing right now mm. you know you know we've had a lot of conversations i think mostly led by you mr joel Kahn, because you're the big fan of of the gaming but the conversations that we've had with gaming and nfts and how these non-fungible tokens are, are are integrated within this whole thing this whole ecosystem like it is it's, it is very exciting where we're going and uh, I think that, you know, noticing that, you know, these games are very social, having these games on the blockchain, getting rewarded in actual money, because, you know, that's one of the things is it says this, that pretty soon nobody will play a game that is a black hole of time and money if they have good alternatives that allow the player to retain ownership of their time and money. Imagine being able to play these games and actually earning money for this kind of stuff and earning a little bit of crypto for your time. And then hey, I got this sword that I'm not going to use anymore and then actually selling it on an open market to somebody who does want it. So I, I think that that's definitely going to cause a big shift. I disagree that there are 
re there are reasons to play games other than getting paid right and there's you know there's games like i don't know call of duty where it's all about being the best mm -hmm. right it's it and yes they have skins and yes you can get additional gear but the game is still if the game is not focused on the core principles of gaming then it's just going to be adding a layer of stuff right mm -hmm. it's it's and so it's gonna be it, fun it's gotta be fun it's gotta be fun you know what? It's like the games that I like to play are games that I'm learning something. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not a traditional guy who's going to play a game just to waste time. I don't normally like that. But I do like to play games if it's gamified and I'm learning something and I'm growing in some area. And I think that, you know, there's going to be all kinds of these sort of things popping up over time, which will be. Well, speaking of popping up in games you like to play, you can finally use your Puma Pay on Pornhub, Travis. Mm. <laughs> Nice. This is this is very very exciting. It's finally That's for a transition. That is very good. I, it's my favorite game. Is, I mean, uh, you set me you set that up there. You the, I was I was just going to talk about speaking of your favorite games, but then you said popping up, and that was you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So so here's what's happened is is Puma Pay. They have now they've they've a couple of years ago Verge said that they were going to add and they were going to add their option on the website on Pornhub so that. You could, if you wanted a tip or however it worked, or pay for premium content, you could use Verge. And now Puma Pay, they have their new crypto payment solution went live on Pornhub this week. And uh, this was more than 18 months after the partnership was first announced. And so the CEO, Yoav Dror, uh, said, told Tele Cointelegraph this, the pull pay protocol is unique in that it inverts the mechanics of a typical blockchain transaction. Instead of the customer pushing the funds to the merchant, Puma Pay protocol allows the merchant to pull the funds from the customer's wallet based on pre-approved terms. Boom. This is like subscriptions, Mr. Jolcom. Now, with this Pull Pay protocol that they've created, they could create a real-life Patreon type of a thing, like a, a crypto alternative, because before, subscriptions have been very, very hard to manage on crypto, because you could, as he just said right here, you were only able to push the funds to the merchant. Now the merchant can pull the funds from your crypto wallet because you've said, hey, I want to pay for this. Like your Shopify, or I mean, excuse me, your Spotify or whatever, you could just have it being pulled out of your account. So this is cool. I really like this, Mr. Jokom. Yeah, and if you guys want to learn more about Yoav Drawer and Puma Pay, I just did a search because his name sounded familiar. And uh, Rachel Wilson, the crypto chick, interviewed him for episode 21 of her show, the sister show to Bad Crypto. And we've got a link to that in the show notes. Of course, links to all of the stories for this episode can be found. Here's the short link. Go to badco.in forward slash 381, and you will find all the things we have show notified for you right there. Now, that is really interesting. The recurring billing payment model is huge. And I know we're, we've gone on from that, but it just still is still is interesting. And now, not only is Pornhub most likely going to be utilizing this, but they're talking about a whole lot of other sites that are going to be utilizing that as well. Where do you have recurring billing models? Boom, crypto can now be utilized with Puma Pay. That might be a company we want to do a little research on, Mr. Jolcom. Let's recognize a couple of the projects uh, that we are affiliated with, Travis, and some of the developments they've got. You know, we mentioned Divi earlier because of their masternodes. Apparently, they were just at Anarchopolco 2020, an event that didn't get canceled in February. And they went to the Marsh's Chil Marsh Children's Home, and they did some really good stuff. There's a video 
on uh, the tweet, which we will link in the show notes for you guys to check out what's happening with Divi Project and how they intend and are giving back to community. Yeah, very interesting. And they've also been listed, as you said, we've been listed on a couple of different exchanges, listed on like token and Midas Investments. Yeah, so they got they got they got some great stuff going on. Hey, Mr. Joe Comp, talking about games we had earlier, you know, Upland that we talk about, Upland.me. I know it well. Yeah, yeah, we love that. We love that app. And uh congratulations on securing your second airport parcel. You have two now. Yes, I did. I am uh an airport tycoon. You are Mr. Travis Wright. Yeah, they've actually released their next update called Mojito, and you can check them out on Twitter, twitter.com uh, forward slash Upland Me. Have and you played it yet? Have you checked it out? I have. I've been walking around. I've not seen any treasure chest or anything. But well, I, it, it, so, do you know how to play the treasure game? It's actually you have to, you have to do something. So, when you on the left side of the uh, the interface, there's that little icon that you can click that then pulls up mini icons, and one of them is a treasure chest. And when you tap the treasure chest, it'll tell you if treasures are active or if they're respawning, right? If somebody's found one in the hour, and they're usually found just like a few minutes after they spawn, then um, it'll do a countdown clock when it gets close to that treasure showing up. Then what happens is the treasure is minted or the treasure spawns on any minted property. So any property that's been purchased and owned by somebody, um, it's available. As soon as a treasure goes live, you go to a minted property, click on the property, and then click treasure. And a little purple arrow will pop up and point the direction of the treasure in the game. And you go, okay, so I got to go this way. And then you head that way, and then you click another property. You send your uh, your block explorer to another property, and the purple arrow comes up. Now it's like, oh, now go up a little bit. And you kind of look around. You triangulate where the treasure is and the first one to get there a pinata comes up and it's like you found it get ready to tap and then pinata comes up and you have 10 seconds you're like tap, 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 and with every tap upix comes flying out so i found one yesterday i spent about three minutes searching i got to it first and i tapped it like crazy and i got like 550 upix but you can actually check the history of the ones people have found um and i saw like one of them popped out like twenty thousand. Really? Somebody, yeah. So there's occasionally, there's a really big one. It's mm, nice. It's nice. And you remember that other idea that you had, Travis, for Street View? Uh-huh. So you can actually tap into any property now, and you go to uh, click Street, and looky there. It shows you. Oh, you can actually look and see what your property looks it, like. It pulls up Street View. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're talking a lot about Upland. Um, we, have, you know, we've worked with them as a sponsor. We like the game and we think that they're doing a lot of things right if you haven't downloaded it yet go to badco.in forward slash upland and check it out you'll see mine and travis's heads as block explorers um you know wandering the city looking for properties <laughs> it's a little creepy it, it is you know what but I, what we've, we've had a lot of conversation with people who have joined upland from bad crypto the Telegram group is really huge. You go check out the Telegram group. You can find that. It's type in Upland. There's a lot, a lot of activity. You can ask all your questions there about the game. But it's just one of those fun things. Like this is a fun thing that that's with blockchain. And and as far as I know, none of my none of my Upland uh, properties decreased drastically in value overnight. We we need fun things to do. I mean, <laughs> these are challenging times, gang. Keep be of good cheer. Mm, so what now? 
Yeah. What What now? Indeed. Uh, these are interesting times that we're in. We've never experienced anything like this. This is basically, um, you know, when 9-11 happened and, you know, the planes hit the buildings that it um, impacted our entire nation and the world. But it was a collective experience that we all shared. This is this generation's 9-11. Right. I'm not saying nearly that many people are going to die, but in terms of impacting everybody, you can't go anywhere on social. Everybody's talking about Corona, regardless of what your thoughts are. And everybody's going to remember where they were. Where yes. were you when, you know, COVID hit the U.S.? Mm -hmm. And I want to read this. I, f I found this on Reddit and this was really interesting to me. And it was like, and just like that, the government controls all sporting events. Concerts, jobs, colleges, medical facilities, whether or not you can leave your house, has depleted resources such as toilet paper and food, controls all travel, and you guys wonder why uh, they develop and use viruses to scare the public. They now control you and everything about your life. You see how easy it was? Create mass panic, hysteria, boom, complete control uh, of literally the world over a virus, one that has survival rates that are extremely high. All freedom has been limited overnight. How easy was that? Mm, that is definitely interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see what endures beyond this. You know, I, I look at it this way. This is a great opportunity for everybody to hit the reset button. Um, yes, it's going to cost money, but I think that there's a lot of upsides to this, you know, to reevaluate, you know, am I, am I doing a job that I enjoy doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what, can I come up with some other creative directions for my life? Am I spending time with my family, with my friends that aren't, you know, coughing on me? Uh, or am I involved in things that, you know, are a waste of time? It's just, it's a good, I think it's a good reset button to mm -hmm. kind of reevaluate. And it's a really, really good time, Travis, to be a podcaster <laughs> because, oh, you mean I have to stay home and, and record? Okay. I mean, yeah. that's well, what we do all the time. I love what you just said there because I think that people, I mean, in some ways, people become complacent in their life. They go to a job they don't like. They come home, eat crappy food, watch crappy television, wake up and do it all over again in their own personal version of Groundhog Day. I right? like my crappy food and my crappy television. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not pointing at you. I'm just saying a lot of people do. They go to a job they don't like and they go through this whole cycle of just being complacent. This maybe will shake people out of the complacency and maybe find their true calling in life and, and make, make some changes. And, and hopefully this hasn't impacted people too badly. Hopefully there are no people of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia that are in dire straits at this point because of the economy. We hope everything works out for all you guys and, and girls out there that listen to the show. We're, we're as concerned as you are, and we're going to keep you updated as well as we can on what is happening. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, people were talking about this. We've been talking about the, the everything bubble, you know, for two years and it, it could happen and it could crash. And it sounds like, yeah, whatever, but it's never going to happen. And we're not going to see that on uh -huh, conspiracy, but on your tinfoil hat. And here we are, Mr. Joe Com. But guess what? As far as I know, the universe still works. The, the, the sun still rises and we still rotate in our little solar system. And really the only thing that's changed is this little fiat money system that we have. And the, you know, it's, the economy is, is a crazy aspect of what we do, but it's not part of nature. So you're still alive. You got your health. That's great. Stay healthy. Keep washing your hands and stay bad.
Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.